what about all our rapid fire jokes? We're trying audience. If you hear this part, but you might not just trust that we had the funniest jokes. You would have all hailed us. We were on every podcast award had we recorded the first 10 minutes. Yeah. You know how the outro is me going, where's the stop record button? I have the same problem with the start record button. It's it's in the same place every week. We don't have the heart to take the job away from Brian. He, he, <laughs> you guys know Brian's a little sensitive. I feel like it might cause a collapse if we try to take it away from him. <laughs> it's true. We all know how every week I am on the verge of tears by the end of minute five of the episode. Brian, could a depressed person hit record? <laughs> to the trash watch podcast it's week number four of sand tembler god this has been such a fucking great month i have felt so good the entire month and i'm a little nervous about our patreon tier getting to pick our fifth week but you know what i'm excited for the fans to reach out to us let us know what sand tembler is going to end with but i am just so excited about this fucking movie i honest to god watching it again this afternoon i think this might be why i got into radio What's I, your name? Oh, oh, just you wait. I have two. Okay. No. So, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, yeah. What? Chris what? and Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert. He actually has three. <laughs> oh, are we off the rails? We're in the intro. We're in the intro. <laughs> I know. As a kid, I used to play radio all the time, and I had a little microphone hooked up to a tape recorder. So I had a morning drive name, and I had an I oh god, so embarrassing. Well, what's your I, podcast I had a, name know, to get I, the podcast? What's your what's oh, your birth name? Yeah, we start with that, shouldn't we? I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm Brian. I'm Brandon. I'm Ashley, and we have a special guest this week. <laughs> Everybody give it up for the return of Kian. Hi, everybody. My DJ name. Do, do I go by my DJ name or my real Please name? Please do. Name? Please do. I don't have a DJ name. <laughs> I'm a normal, like, normal person with a normal name. My name's like weird enough that like if I threw a second name in there, people would be like, yeah. what? what are you doing? <laughs> the, yeah. Lex, uh, Lexi and I always, I don't have a DJ name, but Lexi and I always had the running joke of uh, with our now very inaccurately named duo of two fat guys. Um we're like, we want to do a morning talk radio show that's two fat guys after dark because it's in the morning. The dark's over <laughs> after the dark is the morning. I have a roller derby name and it's Smashly. That's also your porn name. We did have a, a gag of you starting a uh, women's roller derby themed OnlyFans that was Smashly. So uh, I mean, it works for all of you. So if we get if we get to that five hundred dollars a month here, Ashley will start that only. Oh, boy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, what's your porn name? <laughs> Why? Uh, I'll start that only for five hundred bucks. I I need money. I'll do this. Yeah, show if somebody donates five hundred me, I'll do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to do the show topless whenever. <laughs> this is a tattoo. I am topless. Actually, I, we should start doing it where I'm just shirtless the whole time until we hit our goal, and then I'll put the shirt back on. It's but like a then, threatening no, the audience. That's we're the only ones who see you. That's going to make us do it just the podcast. Well, it just it diminishes like the quality of the podcast until we put the shirt back on. Then it goes right back <laughs> up to being good again. 
Yeah. Yes. So you guys are all scared for like five episodes. The goal is for us not to support it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 st- I started the, the intro there talking about um, my, do you want to hear the radio names or do you think? Yes, you did. I forgot. I'm yeah. sorry. We derailed yeah. the shit. <laughs> You're fine. I just didn't know if we wanted to keep going with that or, or skip it. So I had to, because as a kid, I played radio for fun and yes. uh, I had a morning drive name and I had like a, after dark name um so my morning drive name was chaos chris in the morning what oh, what yeah uh, yeah and the uh fart noise sound effect yeah you sound effect cord. <laughs> right and the uh the the evening slowdown for late nights was <clears throat> chris casanova yeah it was a love show bitches yeah, wow. I made All up right. I made up callers to call in with like romantic problems. And okay. I'm like, I'm here. Okay. To- I, I want I want to I want to stress as we have often stressed on this podcast that Chris is the one who's engaged. Yes. <laughs> and he was the Casanova of his uh, Christian college. conservative Christian college, the conservative Christian college Casanova. I, I am the whole package. What is this alliteration that is going on? Chris, the, Chris, the conservative Christian college Casanova. That's the new shirt. Let's get a cartoon. Oh that's going to that's be in series one of our Funko Pops. It's gonna going to be Casanova okay. Chris. What we're uh, going to do is we're going to commission Chris, conservative Christian college Casanova. Quit Clothes. commenting. And oh, I have Brian. a cameo. <laughs> So not only is Kean back for this podcast, so is the director, Michael Lehman, of The Truth About Cats and Dogs. And yeah. I must stress, as I did last time, the director of Heathers. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Once the movie takes its turn, it totally tracks as why he does he did this movie. Yeah. I did not re- I only glanced at the plot description before I started the movie. So I didn't know what we were actually in for. I was like, oh, it's a movie where Brendan Frazier and Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler are in a boy, are like a, a band. Not a boy band. I had a right. note. The manly metal band. <laughs> I had a note like 30 minutes in. I was like, please tell me this whole movie is Dog Day Afternoon on a radio station. Yeah. And my wish was granted. <laughs> Except for a B-pot featuring Michael Richards in Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, this this cast is just stacked, man. You've got Brendan Fraser, Steve Shemmy, and Adam Sandler, uh, Chris Farley, fucking Ernie Hudson, Michael McKeon, Judd fucking Nelson. Like, and it just keeps going. And this is the real quick. Can we talk about Judd Nelson's facial hair? Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was that crazy. Patch. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, I know it was like the 90s, yeah. but I could not stop thinking about it through the my, whole movie. My, yeah, my third note is all caps that soul patch. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally that fucking soul patch is my note. I'm obsessed with facial hair. Like it's we know a, this. Like an automatic turn on. But this uh, facial hair. Not so much. I found disturbing. I'm like, he looks like Pan. He looks like he should have goat hooves for like his feet. It was like a caterpillar crawled up Hold there. On. Ashley, does. Ashley, having watched Pan's Labyrinth a lot of times, I feel like I'm more likely to want to have sex with Pan than I am to want to have sex with Soul Patch <laughs> McGee. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fine. What I'm just saying is that... This Don't is kick shame me, Ashley. Now. I want to have sex with Doug <laughs> Jones in, in the costume. How do we get Judd Nelson to play a satyr? 
I don't know. Like, I mean, at, at this point, send him 20 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. how do we get him to? What's, we his, ask what's him his cameo? Once. <laughs> Boy, is he on cameo? That would be I'm sure. We're going to send you some goat, some goat poop. I would pay for him to, I would pay for a cameo of him, just him going like, what about you, dad? What about <laughs> You, I would love that for my Here, birthday. Here's the alternative. Here's the alternative, though. I think we can't break that cameo seal because, as much as we quote, because like, as Brian and I are the recipients of a cameo from Biff with, if we let ourselves start getting cameos, it's gonna get. We're gonna. We're gonna it's need a lot more weird. patrons. It's we're gonna need a lot weird. more patrons because every yeah. week we're gonna have a bunch of celebrity <laughs> bits. But also, like, if if you think I spend a lot of time on Etsy, you don't want me to open up a cameo account. That's, That's true. A terrible That's true. idea. But if you are listeners, Tell want me, to, I have, I have unaltered access to like get Ernie Hudson to give me a motivational quote every day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna not do that. Maybe I should start a cameo just like to insult people. Like, hey, do you hate someone? Like, I'll just I'll tell them off. I'll just yell at them. I'll give like it'll be a dollar. I'll give you a, a one minute video just cursing out someone. I love the opening of this movie. I think the opening credits are super fun and they really set the. I mean, the fact is like it does kind of set that it is a radio comedy that's you know just fun. All the way around. But uh, the sexiest thing I think I might have ever seen is Brendan Fraser on a motorcycle. I like that. It's like, hey, this guy's a badass. You know how he's on a motorcycle from the get go. It's like the Tom. It's the Top Gun treatment. We know. That's how we know. Short little Tom Cruise is a badass. (laughs) He rides that normal size looking motorcycle. I love this opening, too, because it's like pretty much all like a single shot, mostly of him sneaking into the into Palatine Records. I'm also, pretty sure they call it Palestine Records like five times in this movie, by the way. like I thought I was going to call it Palestine Records five a, times today during this record. So. It's, it's a deeply political film. And it's, yeah. it's, it's there. It's, a, it's in the subtext. We all know how to feel about subtext, but it's there. See, meanwhile, my brain is... My brain is just filling in Palpatine records. <laughs> Somehow the records survived. <laughs> Somehow our records back. So yeah. my apparently my sister, my sister and her coworkers like started doing a thing where they just like say Emperor Palpatine quotes, but like in like a Valley Girl or like just like <laughs> does the voice. I was like, "Have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise?" Oh. Look into your heart, Luke. You know it to be true. <laughs> Unlimited power. <laughs> Gag me with a lightsaber. <laughs> then you must die. <laughs> Do we all remember the Dr. Seuss hat craze? What? I, I, my brain broke when the I elevator, like, because well, first the elevator door opens and it's, you can kind of see it in the, in the distance, the cat in the hat hat. Yeah, and no. then the camera backs away and goes up to the second floor. And it's like, wait, wait, did, did I see the, did I see those hats? <laughs> My yes. brother had one. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I think I'm a little too young. I'm, I'm too young to actually have experience. Like I remember like it, cause it's, it's a very Gen X like concert scene kind of thing. I feel like because like Marshall Erickson did it in how much your mother they had like the flashback where it was delightfully played out at that point. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I I never had one. Is I guess what I'll say. I was too young to have participated to fall for such a trend. I had a whole bunch of them because I. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> 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 um, but like I, yeah. I, again, I I just love that this opening tells us everything we need to know that 
he has tried this a hundred times, trying to get into the building to drop a tape off to somebody, so much so that Hold everyone on. in the building knows who the fuck he is. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I'm sorry. I, I, I remembered what one of my notes means, and now we will have to talk about this for the next three hours. Okay. So the uh, I believe they're all the guys in the Dr. Seuss hat and the cat in the head hats. Um, yeah, yeah. Their manager's talking to them. It's like they like freaks, they like weirdos. If you feel like wetting yourself, just go with it. <laughs> Did, did did this drive no one else insane? Does it does it not reboot anyone else's brain? That the there was so were... much happening at that point. That okay, okay. Yeah. Well, now I'm letting you know that that is dialogue spoken in the film. <laughs> that the manager of the Cat in the Hats has said, "If you feel like wetting yourself, go with it, but don't speak." <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it is interesting because if you watch this movie with with subtitles, like you'll catch random stuff like that. So later on, when they're on the news. The lady who's like the anchor on the news station ends her broadcast with the mayor, like the mayor has nothing to say because he is on vacation in Tijuana at this time. You're like, wait, what? Because, again, this movie kind of feels like it has to remind you it's a comedy, even though you we don't like Chris, it, a politician would politicians would never skip out on their constituents, especially during yeah, the not to go to Tijuana or anything. Especially not LA in '94. <laughs> oh, we're gonna. Ooh. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh, the end of this ha- is crazy, right? Oh, okay, what happens? <laughs> I had to look up what year this came out. And really, was like, were we far enough removed from that? No, no we, we, we weren't. Let's, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, like I said, it's yeah, dog yeah, day yeah, afternoon and a radio station. That's the Attica moment. Yeah, yes, it is. His brilliant plan is to walk up to a yuppie and go, "Hey, man, we're." real rock and roll you should fucking just listen to us great plan honestly love it 10 out of 10 no notes trying to make your dream come true sometimes you do have to like kick down a few doors to really make a connection but at the same time it's like you've tried this so many times that maybe it's not the right way i don't know but hold on what if i if i keep trying the same thing i might get a different result there's nothing insane about that i like brian's plan honestly the truth (laughs) speaking of doing things the right way i just want to point out that the shock jock uh he negs his listeners so Uh, maybe brandon was on to something negging mm -hmm. our patreons two weeks ago or whenever that was i mean that's my secret captain i constantly (laughs) neg everyone because i'm dead inside uh (laughs) anyways what if there's like a soul patch hierarchy that's the thumb working on i'm trying to figure out (laughs) i want to see like move up the record like the different levels of the record executives and yeah. like the you know the like low level guys has like a barely little one, and then we obviously have the one that we see. And then what's someone more that's, and more filled out? Yeah, yeah. and then one that is like a ZZ like Top beer, but clearly is a soul patch that starts here. Like one guy <laughs> has like the ultimate wizard goatee. <laughs> it's not goatee. It's uh, it's always a soul patch. Only soul, soul patch. patch. He it's does all that right there. thing. Like ha ha. <laughs> Again, like we we go from this moment here, and we're back into. Uh, it, Brendan Fraser's apartment, shirtless Brendan Fraser with tattoos, by the way. Ooh. It's just interesting because the girlfriend comes in and I didn't think he was going to be a bad boyfriend. Ashley, wait, well, let's, yeah. not, let's not jump to conclusions. Uh, okay. We have Ashley here. So I have, I have <laughs> Hey, it's smart. Yeah. Ashley, Expertise. any red flags here? Uh, they are draped <laughs> and wrapped <laughs> in red flags, both of them. You're talking about Brendan Fraser? And her, they're both. <laughs> yeah. They're both. Both. Just, I don't know. If we yeah. watched the same movie. They both seem fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's right most of the time. But, uh, I, I love how over the top she threw everything out. Like that was yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> guys, guys, her life isn't that hard. Working in an office is just smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. He put 
her makeup <laughs> in the toilet. It no, fell on the toilet. She no. kept on the back of yeah. the tank. That was she just put story. it on the back of the tank, and he kept saying, "Don't keep it on the back of the tank." And then when he took a shit and stood up too fast, it went in. He knocked it in. He knocked Maybe. it in like a goddamn cat. <laughs> he knocked oh. it in intentionally. <laughs> okay, so uh, interesting. Interesting. Okay, <laughs> go on, Ashley. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I said uh, my lo- <laughs> this relationship is toxic. Girl, he put your makeup in the toilet. True, dump him in all caps. I don't remember what was true, but it was something that she said to him. She was like, you're an asshole, something like that. And I was like, get out, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> Have you ever had the pleasure, though, of throwing somebody's shit out of a window? No. I've Did always you? wanted to do that. I've no, no. I've like I've never wanted to be in the situation where you have to do that, but I've kind of wanted to be uh, like. I, I, I want to feel. I, yeah, I feel like I should have been in that situation. I kind of wish you had, bud, because I would love to yeah. see you of all the people on this podcast be the one who's like throwing someone's stuff up. Oh, actually, seen it sparkly light. No, I'm was, trying to think if I ever have. <laughs> oh, okay. I was I was moving out. Like my friend was moving out of the apartment, and he didn't care about a lot of this shit. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, just throw throw it out the window. So we did. We started throwing ah, stuff out the window. But one of them was like a either just cushions or a, a blanket or something and it ripped open. So there's all this foam just spewing over his apartment complex everywhere. Um, and I don't know why we did it that way. It really made a huge <laughs> mess. Years and years ago, my sisters were moving out of an apartment. They were like on the third floor of this complex. And they had like a I think they had a couple couches. They weren't like that were like raggedy and just like we're falling apart and so literally we we just took it like the the parking lot was empty below and we just went took the couch and just (laughs) tipped him over the railing i i do have to say though this is 1994 and she conservatively throws out about 500 dollars worth of cds and vhs tapes out of Mm -hmm. this fucking window and he just stands there and goes like all right and drives off because he is fucking rock and roll as hell okay actually i want to know do you think her response was increased when she hit him in the nose and he decided to go, my snout. <laughs> no, that make it worse cute. or better. That's that, interesting that charming? word choice. That's <laughs> so actually, actually, okay. You're having a knockdown drag out fight. Your man, according to you, has has with malice of forethought dumped all of your makeup into the toilet. Uh, but then he, he, says, he has quote, he has quote ruined my makeup, you butt. But then, but then he says snout in a charming way, and also he has Brendan Fraser in this scenario. I know. No, that, like that Patsy, I that, get why she keeps coming back. I get it, <laughs> but she shouldn't. They're the worst. Did like, Nancy though? They're the worst. Like even later on when she comes to the radio station, they're a very bad couple. They're, they're a they're, bad they're, couple. Very bad. They yeah. never become. I thought they would grow, and like by the end, I was like, oh no, I forgot because I'd seen this movie many times before, and I was like, oh, that's right, they still kind of suck. I did write. Oof, this is too relatable bullshit. I'm not sure what that is for. So it's probably something about the relationship. Okay. Okay. But I don't know what it is. We'll, we'll get there, but not before we meet Steve Buscemi in a 1994 KB fucking toys, baby. <laughs> is this is this our first Buscemi on the podcast? I was trying to remember. I, think <sighs> it I can't recall one that we've done. Oh, it no, might... no, no. He was just in Hotel Transylvania. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But it's in the same month, so it's yeah. like, all right. Yeah. Sandler, you brought us, yeah. you brought us a double helping of a Chevy, and we love you for it, bud. But yeah, seeing this fucking KB toys made me so happy. Like, I know it's not KB toys, but it looks like it to me, and I just. Want to- but in this scene, uh, after like at one point, the Steve Buscemi quits after his manager, or whatever, is complained about something or other, and Brendan Fraser like leans over to the manager and does like a little like kissy face, and I'm like, we should all be so lucky, right? <laughs> 
I mean, that de-escalated situation, Brendan Fraser make a kissy faces and all the tension leads the room. Mm-hmm. Well, well different, 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 different. Oh, no. Also, by the way, this is also Hotel Transylvania was also not the first uh, Steve Buscemi on the podcast. The first Steve Buscemi was Rising Sun. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Really? The oh. weasel. <laughs> oh. about oh god i am so sorry i made you all watch rising sun all right fine let's just talk about our system shempai <laughs> <laughs> i think buscemi looks pretty good with this long hair too by the way he does look goodness i was surprised because i was like in my mind i was like okay i'm saying that brendan fraser and then this guy who is what 50 years older than them in my head <laughs> that's i wrote down oh look at brendan fraser's baby face oh look at adam sandler's baby face and then i was like steve buscemi not so much. Look at your face. <laughs> yeah. Steve Buscemi has always looked like that, and he always will. It's true. But like, and then finding out that he's playing the brother of Pip, played by Adam. They're Sandler, brothers. Like, They're brothers. However, like, now that they now that they've appeared, we have three gentlemen, which means it is time for the chipmunk theory. Yeah. Uh, I think it's per, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, the problem is like. Hmm. See, I I can defend it. Okay, so so for Brendan Fraser, obviously Alvin, because he's the alpha of the group and he's the leader, right? Okay. Pip is the Theodore because he's adorable, like innocuous, super innocent. And Buscemi works out as the as the Simon because even though he's a bit more aggressive, Simon was also kind of a know-it-all little prick at points. So it's like mm. it does kind of work. They're like it's the, the Zaro world. Too. Yeah, they're they're the right. chipmunks, but they're bad at it. But the, there's an argument though for swapping the Buscemi and um, Brendan Fraser because even though Brendan Fraser is the main character, he is the brains of the operation in this scenario, and Steve Buscemi is the asshole, which is really what Alvin is. Alvin's a piece of shit. It's true. <laughs> also, Take that little bastard to task. <laughs> yeah, I'm canceling everyone. <laughs> giving any of them credit for being the brains of anything in this movie is hilarious because these people yeah. are idiots from jump street but no, I'll, I'll not be saying anything bad about the character who makes out with a crash chest dummy but again like finding out that these two are brothers and they share this apartment that is just equipment like musical equipment and then a kitchen and they keep stealing things from work it's just like i mean it, I know they're just setting the foundation of who these guys are, but it is rightfully funny to see them just kind of coming together on this first step. Also, putting hot sauce in a squirt gun. I've done that. Don't do that. It's not funny. You think it might be funny. It won't be funny. (laughs) One time, my brother accidentally got sprayed by pepper spray. And like it was at we were we were at um, it was my youth group. We were at the Alive Music Festival. Oh, yeah, wait, he had pepper spray at a lie? Well, accidentally, apparently. By somebody else in the youth group. No. Who borrowed somebody else's. I don't know. I don't know who had the can of pepper spray originally. And I felt so bad because, like, I was in a different room. So, like, I could not protect him. And I felt so bad. Because, like, yeah. So, like, this uh, <laughs> other guy who's kind of like a dumb oaf sort of guy, he was just like, oh, this is cool. And he just sprayed it. And it was straight in my brother's face, Jesus. like in the hotel room, like after a day of concerts. And it was just like, ah. God. so I, yeah, Grant was <laughs> very uncomfortable for like, that's, that's, a, that's such hours. a perfect, like tragic backstory for a character of like the, the tragic story of like, the time I couldn't save my brother. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't there for you. I kind of need to tell that full story to your therapist, Ashley, just <laughs> yeah. using the phrasing that you use for us. Just, just so she can hear that. 
when we get to the uh, the concert with uh, <laughs> with with poor Joe Mantegna, I, I can't say his last name. Mantegna. 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 Okay, but poor uh, poor Joe Ian the Shark. I mean, having again coming from this world of radio, you do get kind of thrown at events like this, and you don't want to be there, but you have to be because it's part of your contract or whatever. When he when he just throws back Pepto mixed with his beer, I have never felt so called out in my entire fucking life. Like, ah, uh, it's too real. <laughs> and it works, by the way. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it gets, gets you drunk, but also keeps your tummy nice and okay. <laughs> Damn it. That's what I was, was going to say. It's like, it's like it gets you drunk, but it's nice for your tummy. Um, but also i think around here we get uh what's i think it is in this scene we get baby michael mckeon baby michael mckeon with his little ponytail yeah it's so weird to think about a time when like getting your song on the radio meant you were going to become famous like now it's like i've seen that thing you do it's true. It was like the only way that you can get like radio. Now you can just like kind of get some YouTube plays and be good. But yeah, you had to like actively go out and get people to listen to it in like hard ways. Right. Kids oh, these I- days will never know. <laughs> Kids like, these oh days will never have to hold up a radio station in order to get their <laughs> yeah, song right. on the radio. Are we all old enough to have made mixtapes by sitting and listening to the radio and hitting record and play it at just the right time? Uh, yeah. Only technically. I, it was very early on. I didn't do it. Like, if I w- had more interest in making mixtapes, I would have done more. But, like, it was very limited in my time doing that. Oh, buddy. I made all the mixtapes. I was the mixtape friend. You were going on vacation? Mixtape. If I had a slight crush on you? Mixtape. If I was just sad and upset that you yelled at me? Upset mixtape. I get it, Chris. Stop sending me mixtapes, though, buddy. Like we, we podcast <laughs> every week. You just, Spotify you, pot. Yeah, that pot stack behind you looks unstable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so many. Yeah, listen. I'm running, they, there's I'm running too out many. Room in the house. You and please, we're just looking for other songs besides "You're My Best Friend." Please, <laughs> some variety. I love the ignorance of thinking that radio stations are heavily guarded. <laughs> I'm like, no, nobody. These are used. They're used. By the way, this one is different, obviously, because it's L.A. But I mean, most radio stations are a shack like on the edge of town. It's not a place that you really want to go visit, per se. Yeah, but this is the best radio station that has the mean DJ who just insults everyone <laughs> who I connected with on a very deep level. Not sure why. Let's not look into that. Brandon the Shark. I, I could see it. I could see it. Like, fuck you. How dare you listen to me, you piece of shit? God damn it. Not to keep doing this job. Fuck you. Here's a song. <laughs> Quote from this movie. Given, though, the the people, some of the people, uh, well, I, I would say two particular people, one one guy doing two voices who calls in. Yeah, you might be a little upset with your callers. Yeah, We'll okay. get to that cameo. Yeah, but, <laughs> but for, yeah, first the concert. Okay, so the incident of this band that they think is a piece of shit comes up and they got a record deal because they were playing the radio. But then they're wearing these goddamn outfits. Did we talk about the outfits yet? Oh. We did not talk about the outfits because okay. I don't really know what the outfits are other than what, like. What I, was the name of the band? Does anyone have that written down? Sons of Thunder is the band. There the album go. is Thunder. Scrambled Eggs and Wobbly Legs. <laughs> yeah. So and, and based on what they have them later, based on the, the outfit that Pip gets put in later, it seems like this radio, this record company is like, OK, this is your name. Because they're like, it's like a child's playset Viking outfit where there's like a weird yeah. armor chest piece. Uh, yeah, but it, it looks so bad. It looks so and bad. They're not good. They're 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 okay. I think they're better than the Lone Rangers when we finally do get to hear their song. Which, I think oh, the Lone God. Rangers are fine. They're fine. 
It's fine. It's a very nice band. To, to quote what I told people uh, when I was directing into the woods, you know, how you describe something you do not care for is nice. It's if nice. someone said, if, if you're, <laughs> if your significant other says, how are they? And they go like, he's nice. That's a terrible sign. <laughs> I have bad news for you. You do not have a significant other. I did have a Clayton corner question for this week. And I think it is better than last week's attempt at a Clayton corner. You question. better. Cause three strikes are out, buddy. No, I know I'm risking it all. Bing! Can you get tasered so much that you go bald? What do you think happened to me? Oh, I always wondered, but glorious full head of hair. <laughs> then one lock in that got a little out of hand in high school. And then... <laughs> Just burned it all off and it never came back again. Exactly. Um, I also think because Pip. OK, I have a theory. I think Pip might be a secret millionaire because he's the only one of these three. The numbskulls that a has a bank card that has like an actual like pin on it and everything. He has a successful small business, albeit he probably isn't cleaning pools as much as he is fucking ladies, but still like he has a little bit of success here and he's obviously bringing in some sort of money. I I think I think Pip might actually be the most responsible member of the Lone Ranger. But you said he was you said he might be a millionaire. A secret millionaire. Yeah, that's where I have issue with. I don't think he's a secret millionaire. I think he might be the most successful, but that's yeah, like a low bar. Pip, Pip does not strike me as a guy who would be secretly a millionaire. He just oh well, he might be because he just doesn't know. He doesn't know he has a million dollars. Yeah, it would be a secret a to him. Money. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, this this them trying to break in and these these dumb dumbs thinking, oh, it has a card slot. So that's that means you have to put in your bank card and your pin and then the door will become unlocked. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Cause I was like, what number do they think he has? Yeah. That yeah. will get them access into this building. Do you guys happen to clock the, uh, the number that he used for it was, it was a six digit number. It's two, five, six, zero, zero, one. There you go. <laughs> thank you. IMDB trivia. Oh, that was on the trivia. I spent yeah. enough time. I, like, I rewatched that scene like three times trying to get that. Could have just looked at did the trivia also have the game that the gal was playing at the reception. Uh, it desk? did not. Uh, Reddit actually looked into it. It appears to be aerial assault. Aerial yeah. assault? Um, game gear. I mean, I love. Game I, get, gear. Uh, I figured it was game gear. I got to the game gear part. Yeah. I could not get the game. Yeah, no. Rest assured, I paused and was like I will, Googling. <laughs> I tried to look, but I did not well enough. Apparently, I was so excited to see a game gear. Like, I, I fucking love game gear. Yeah, it took eight double-A batteries, and yet only lasted 35 minutes at a time. But God, it was worth every second of it to have that. But we were happy with what we had. What I find so interesting about this, not to jump too far ahead, but Adam Saylor gets knocked in the teeth by a very pretty blonde girl, instantly falls in love, and then they sneak into the radio station. She asked no questions. She was like, oh, there's a guy in here. He's totally supposed to be here. Or like up on the roof or whatever. And then she's like, oh, my God, also, he's hot. Like, what? Girl, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bad news, though, actually, because she's cute as hell. So she's allowed to do whatever the fuck she wants. Damn it. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. But also, I saw I was like, OK, I'm I'm not mad about this. This is but all right. also to her credit. I'm like, you look at Adam Sandler in this movie, you're like, yeah, he might be working on something yeah. on that door. Well, also, right. as, as we learned in the last week, Adam Sandler's a sex god, so she was powerless to his <laughs> terms. I mean, later when we see him almost entirely nude, I was like, I get it. And when we find out he has a monster cock, too. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Um, <laughs> Wait, yeah, so- did she have like Superman powers and she just like saw it 
I know she bumped into it. That's how it was. She she, bumped into it. It was just like the the door resistance. She's like, like the door hit it before after. It was like, oh, (laughs) he was like two feet away from the door. She's like, what the hell? He did not. Oh, okay. He didn't hit that head, Ashley. No, no, it didn't chip his teeth. It chipped his, you know. um, I hope nothing. I hope that nothing got chipped. (laughs) Is it not supposed to? Oh boy! I don't know anatomy. When are we gonna fuck? It's the in game. When are we gonna fuck, man? <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm so sick anyway, of sad. I, I love how these guys break into this radio station because, by the way, like this would be a really great prank to play to actually get your name out there. If it wasn't for the actual like hostage scenario, if you yeah. So kind of going like back, a, a joke, yeah. Going back to what Brian was saying a little bit, I had no idea. Going, I had not seen this movie beforehand. I kind of read a little bit of the plot when Ashley was like, hey, we're doing Sam Templer. I was like, oh, I like all these actors, but I didn't do any more into it. I thought they were just going to go into the radio station, do a quick, ha-ha, let's play the song and get out. Right. What a turn when they take it over, though. Yep. What a, what a- exactly. Exactly. I was like, yeah, that's because I think the the plot description like went as far as you know, when they play their demo at a local radio station, I was like, okay, so yeah, it's a movie about like they become these these dumbasses become big successes and hijinks ensue and hijinks do ensue, including Michael Richards. <laughs> oh, Michael Richards. <laughs> I do want to ask, though, because yeah. I like I like most people in my scenario think like, well, I've been to therapy for more than two sessions. How am I not the picture of mental health? What the yeah. hell? Yeah. I, this film pauses. I wonder, should guys, I, I want to get your opinions. Should I do my therapy as a nationally syndicated radio show? <laughs> is that not what we're doing? I mean, yeah. is that not yeah. the goal? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It's been a while. Actually, we haven't, we've been doing pretty good about not being, no, 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 all our lives are therapy. I'm lying. We just stopped lampshade hanging. We just stopped talking about True. the fact that every week is a therapy session for us. True. <laughs> the, the fact that we opened this episode with me talking about being a six or eight year old kid doing a Delilah type radio show in my bedroom should tell us all the things we do. And also that um, it took us 10 minutes to get to that point after the intro. <laughs> because we all love the sound of our own voices. We can't stop talking. Uh, Chris, a quick question. Was that in your bedroom or were you locked in the closet by your sister? And that's when you did the radio show. Oh, no, I had a whole setup. It was in the basement with our big sound system. Like, that makes sense. I, I yeah. did the whole thing, the whole yep. shebang, you know. But the, uh, I, I did relate a lot to when they they get into the into the uh, into the booth, and mm-hmm. they're talking to Joe Mantegna, and he's like, you know, what you talk about your sound, your style, and they're like, uh, uh, it's a little, it's it's kind of it's good. Like I was like, yeah, I can relate to like being like, what's your style? I don't know. <laughs> It reminded me of a really horrible job interview I had once where like I just was desperate for a job. And so a friend was like, my company's hiring here. Like, let me get you set up with a call. And I was like, great. And I even did the research and everything. But then they were like, why do you want to work here? And I was like, uh, I, I didn't like read the almighty dollar. Answer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that is to me one of the worst interview questions because it's the most inherently lie. I, yeah, I like not. Be how was the best way I can lie to you? All right, yeah. off the bat, it, it, it's it's a question that almost by definition, it's like it's like it's like why do you want to work here? You know why I want to work here? Why here specifically? I guess because it feels like a place I won't go insane. Uh, oh, oh, you sweet innocent. See me as a lying liar who lies. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that sounds great. Give me that. I like. I'll spin all sorts of bullshit webs. 
I, I do very well in job interviews. I do too. Because it's it's very heavily lie based. Yeah. Actually, just so you know, if you can go back in time in that scenario, what you could do is you could throw your friend a bone and be like, Well, I was talking to my friend and they just like think it's such a supportive work environment and they really love their job here. And that's that's the kind of support and job. I think I tried that first and then they were like, No, but seriously. But what about the job specifically can you do? Like, uh oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They like called me out on my bullshit and I was like, uh bye. <laughs> <laughs> all you Thanks. have to do is tell them you know how to export a pdf to or an excel to a pdf file and they'll be like you're hired thank you but as they're trying to describe what their sound is they call it power slop and i'm like what is pa- i i mean i like metal music i like all the genres and subgenres, but i've never once heard power slop nor do i know what power slop is yeah here's the thing though like I think Brian's connecting because a lot of times I imagine as a composer, if someone's actually like, oh, what's the sound of Sherlock? Like, I don't know. It's a fucking musical. Just listen to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, but here's the thing. That is very different than a band. If I was in a band and someone's like, what is your music like? I could be like, oh, you know, we're a folk band. Like, I, I think I could get, uh, I think I would at least start with a genre. Yeah. I think yeah. You, a band should be able to pretty quickly name a genre of music that you play. But what's so interesting is like you look at these guys and you're like, yeah, I know exactly what kind of band you're in. <laughs> like the you all look yeah, a like, shitty one. Yeah, they, <laughs> they're like unable to answer as if their heads are filled with some type of material other than brain. I, I can't yeah. imagine what not, it would be certainly though. not solid matter. Yeah, like, but I don't think liquid feels right either. I, I just can't figure it out though. Well, I don't know. We'll get back to that. We'll circle back. Maybe we'll figure it out by the end. Then so there was some third state of matter. Mm, plasma. What, yeah, plasma what, heads. Yeah. I think what throws me though is. And again, I'm going to say this just out of like delight because I love Don't say Buscemi. it. No, Chris, no. You have too much to live for. <laughs> um, Buscemi is the right kind of unhinged in this movie because instead of like kind of fighting to maybe get the song on the air or whatever it might be, dude just whips out a gun. <laughs> like he doesn't even wait. <laughs> Can I make an update to your statement? I think it saves a little time. Yeah. I think the quote just be Steve Buscemi is the right kind of unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, full stop. Also, I don't know what the line is, but at some point, uh, Br- Brendan Fraser pronounces penis like tennis. So it says penis. 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 Yeah. penis. <laughs> yeah. Like, just say penis or say dick. This is a good dick movie. Say dick. You're allowed to say dick or cock. They say D cheese later on. Too. Well, I, I, was, I, <laughs> I was telling that I was telling them before we started recording about the parents guide. It's under profanity. In addition to the entry that is like, numerically like listing all of the precisely how many of each profanity is used there's yeah. another entry that is notable uses of quote the f word quote shit and quote dick respectively <laughs> and as i said that's not what respectively means uh, um, respectively brian shut your fucking face by, <laughs> by the way Putting that on the parents guide the, the question oh God, now, the parents guy for our podcast would oh, be a nightmare. Would be a nightmare. It like, would, it would so be so horny. Why is this podcast so horny? Oh, there would be a, a whole entry, like a uh, subheading just called Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the, there's the alcohol, drugs, and there's alcohol, dr- <laughs> under alcohol, drugs, and smoking. The, the entry just says some. Some, yeah. Not even a period, just some. Some hot boxing <laughs> question mark. 
here's a good question. I think a good question for everybody. Do we all like the main movie or do we prefer the Michael Richards die hard that's about to happen throughout the rest of this? Movie? I love them both. They're both my, they're like my children's. I initially was like, what is Michael Richards doing in this movie? And then he started <laughs> on his side adventure and I was like, oh, the there's the Michael Richards. Incredible, Ashley. <laughs> Yes. Just constantly just like look it's honestly the kind of thing i kind of would i mean it's it's really good the way the amount there is but like it's the kind of thing where it's like i feel like you could probably keep doing it like there there's there could be like an extra like 10 minutes of michael richards die hard shenanigans but i mean that like i would just watch separately and then also but it's also just the amount of this movie is also perfect it was never not funny to me. I, I I agree with you, Brian. I think they could have done it a couple more times and it still would have hit. And honestly, time. the thing that kind of surprised me was because one of my all caps note when I realized that this is a Michael Richards diehard B plot is the first all caps note. And then my next one was because of his intro scene. I was like, it's like, oh, God, his hemorrhoids are going to be a plot point, aren't they? And they kind of are because he gets out of work on Saturday by saying, I have a proctologist appointment for cream. (laughs) But that was the thing. I was like, that's the kind of like such a specific thing that I'm like, that has to come back. There's going to be some point where like he like tries to sit down or something. Physical comedy is great. He's very especially when it involves involves the ass. Ashley loves that. Surprisingly, there's not a whole lot. There's not ass in this movie. You would think that we might get a butt in a movie like this, but we don't. We get so close to an Adam Sandler butt. He just had to turn around. He just had to turn around. We uh, could have had the rating. Could have. uh, mm, Mm. So close. He's really self-conscious and he knows that he'll be disappointed if you don't give him at least a three and a half hands out of five. Because he has to beat Rob Schneider's. He has to beat. I mean, first off, yeah. Here's the thing. I I don't want to know the number. I don't want to hear my butt rating, but I just going to let you know. If it's lower than Rob Snyder's, I don't I don't know if I can come back from that. I know mine is, but I know Ashley hasn't seen it. And I'm so glad you haven't. See, Chris, I don't have that level of security, bud. And I don't think I can come back from that. <laughs> Just walking up to a physical trainer at the gym. It's like, what are your fitness goals? I need to be better than this. <laughs> With a cigarette sticking out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> nothing but squats nothing but squats and, and, and then the, the trainer says okay go ahead do do a big quick spin for me i'll get you in in six weeks we got this uh i just okay so uh one of the many amazing cast members that mentioned is uh reg kathy who plays marcus in this fucking marcus is awesome dude. um i he does raise an important question that i legit don't know the answer to maybe this is a clayton corner Bing! is pie hole caucasian slang I because like he was just like shut your pie hole, and he is he 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 responds as if he has never heard this. He he seemed confused, and it made me question: Had pie hole ever been said in a movie before? Was this the first time? Did this film invent the term pie hole? Well, yeah, either invent or at least get it on, get it finally on film. Yeah, did yeah. You do, did you do the research? Because I'm about to do it right no, now. No, I have not. I did not do any. I won't lie. I did not. Know Clayton Corner. Is this the first use of pie hole in film? Also, I really that'll that'll keep him busy. I really hope this isn't like a like a terrible thing to say to a person. Yeah, pie hole has only been in use since the 1980s. So there's a British term that was in use before this. The okay. British corollary term pie hole is cake hole. Ooh, cake hole. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say oh, cake wow. hole. Like I love the cake hole. Uh, it was so that was recorded in 1943. Cake hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah 43. 
1943. Yeah. And do you think if he would have said K Cole, that would have elicited the same reaction? I mean, I feel like Reg Cassidy's a big, a big uh, Anglophile, so he's been like, okay, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, hey, I pip, it. Pip, I, I he's like, man, if the Queen dies in 30 years, I'm gonna be so sad. <laughs> I'm really surprised this didn't show up in the trivia. It should honestly, because I, I've, I. I've never allowed myself to write nine to be trivia because I feel like once I do, that's a, well, that's the, the problem. The, the problem up. with that, Chris, is that saying like that this is one of the first uses of the term pie hole in film. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting bit of trivia that like you might not have thought about like, oh, that's interesting. That is. However, can I point out that uh, Adam Sandler was in, in, you know, in, in an animated film up is also an animated film, which takes place in the air. Yeah. Like okay. the, air, the title Airheads. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the IMDb trivia. Yeah, those IMDb trivia are great. Just people connecting weird dots. I love the interaction between Adam Sandler and Marcus when he's talking about NWA and Anthrax because, as a metalhead in high school and in college, that was like a way that we were able to kind of connect those two bridges of like. Ex- not extreme music, but like different styles of music meshing together and creating a community. And like even seeing it, like I know they're playing it for the joke, but it made me happy. It was really like a delightful moment. Him being like, dude, the struggle sucks and everything, but like, you know, NWA and Anthrax got together. Cool, right? Uh, I'm sorry, because I'm confused. Were you not all in on the Metallica Ja Rule combination on We Did It Again? <laughs> I have not heard that. You've never heard. Oh, I've not heard that. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I like. She has some I, homework. Michael Richards catches himself on fire in this movie. Sure does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> I, I was saying when they start playing the song, I actually I like the intro at least. I mean, it gets yeah, destroyed pretty quick, uh, and then and then they just run. They <laughs> just fucking run. I I expect this move so much, but then okay, our yeah. dear our dear sweet innocence, our dear sweet boys. Uh, they go outside for, and uh, just to, just to update the audience in case you forgot, they go outside of the radio station where they've been live broadcasting their, uh, hostage situation and they see the for cops and they shout loudly. How'd they know we were here? <laughs> I personally just loved Adam Sandler playing red light, green light with the police. Officer. Oh, that's, <laughs> the, yeah, that's, that is next, a, that's my next point. Yeah. That's the, that's the Groucho Marx, like duck soup thing. Of, yeah. The yeah. mirror double, like ooh. Except then it gets Sandler because you just the full Sandler walk. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which was it the first appearance of like the full Sandler like arm walk? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it might be. It might be in the trivia. To be fair to them, this is before cell phones, so they thought they had everyone rounded up, so they they didn't think that there was any chance that they could have called the police. True. But they're broadcasting on the radio. But they, but when they come back, they're like, they don't know that we have you hostage yet, right? Don't they like make like a one-off line about it? They don't reveal that they have them hostage until a little bit later, I think. Sure, I, sure. I guess, but I feel like that. I thought, I thought in the air they mentioned that they have guns. Maybe I'm I yeah, think but that's they didn't like know they were on the guns. air. I don't think. Yeah. Oh, oh, so you didn't know he was doing therapy on radio? <laughs> that's tricky. David Arquette shows up. Yeah, he Welcome does. back to the podcast, David Arquette. <laughs> oh, what, what else was he in? Each blonde and uh, Hamlet 2. Oh, right, right, right. The, he's not the only Hamlet 2 cast member in this movie either. But yeah, he when we meet David Arquette, we get the Clydesdale scale, which is how many Clydesdales. It's how many Clydesdales would it take to tear a woman off your face? Like 
making out, like presumably I making think... out so hard, like oh, I don't know so... if it's that. Um, I, I also did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, get on the same boat. Which I'm like, okay, if it's a like, don't get me wrong. There's a hot, there's a hotness to that, but also if it's a yeah. suffocation risk, that's not something. That's I what get... I was wondering. I, <laughs> I was trying to think of the logistics of this. I was like, I was like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, there's something a little thrilling about that at one level, but also like, do you have let's, to let's, the harness keep... up first? Are you waiting for somebody to attach the rope? to the person to pull them off i have to think i think i might kill the mood if i'm like all right honey let me let me harness up the clydesdales and get the ropes and pulley set up before we start i hate to break the news to you but the words hey honey i have to harness up has never broken sexual tension ever it's just added to it my man well chris i hope this doesn't awaken anything in me so the shit is about to hit the fan almost literally and then it does because they get the tape out and they catch it on fucking fire. <laughs> like, ah, but don't worry. Joe Ventania puts it out with his like, beer. Yeah, but it's so frustrating. I just want to get to the fucking song and it takes so goddamn Chris, long. Chris, 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 you're focusing on the fireworks factory, which is not the, that's not what we're doing here. Oh. That's just the setup. So we can meet Poochie. And our Poochie in this movie just happens to be the wonderful buddy cop comedy. That is Ernie Hudson and Chris Farley. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait till we get to them. But uh, yeah, no, just the, they they start to play the song. Song doesn't go through. Um, they, you know, the cops show up. And then, as we just mentioned, Ernie Hudson and Chris Farley show up. But like the way they, they lay out this relationship between them, that Ernie is the the seasoned veteran and Farley is brand new on the beat and knows like all the, the lingo in and out, but doesn't know that, you know, you have to improvise as a police officer and all that stuff. And it's just kind of an adorable pairing. Like, I wish we got more of that in this movie. That was going to be my point about this movie is I think I was when I was looking just for uh, interviews from the cast. Yeah, there's a compilation of Chris Farley's bits. It's only like five and a half minutes long. but It's like every Chris Farley scene in this movie. It's like five and a half minutes. That sucks. He should have been in this like for 20 minutes. Yeah, just nonstop. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I, I don't want to break like a boundary here, I, but I do think it is really interesting and enticing that like Ernie Hudson is the big man in charge. He's the one that's really like, you know, holding the reins and holding court here. And, and again, like based on the, the political turmoil of the 90s, especially with the LAPD, it is interesting to put the, the not the, the the pressure, but the leadership on Ernie in this movie. I think it's a it's actually kind of a smart take for a movie that's just supposed to be a silly comedy. It is a it is a nice touch, but also like the the white privilege that is on display throughout this movie, where the they're just like what the where the hostage takers are just walking out like walking up to these cops, just like doing whatever oh, the fuck with their guns out at one point. Yeah, on top of the cop, you'd be shot the second. That's yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, at well, a certain point, there's like uh when. Whatever the character's name is, Steve and Steve Buscemi and uh, Brendan Fraser both run out there. I'm like, yeah. oh, the cops would have tackled both of them and then just shot through the wall at Adam Sandler's character. Uh-huh. And this whole thing would have been done. They wouldn't even care if like three hostages would have died. Uh, there's also importantly, though, uh, what happens around here is because there's one other copy of the demo tape and it's with Kathy. That's not a good thing. And unfortunately, Kathy is listening to it. And she's still mad because she takes the tape out and throws it out of the car. And then it gets worse for the tape. <laughs> I was, well, luckily, cassette tapes are indestructible. Yeah, the journey this tape goes on. Even a little bit of cleaning. 
that was okay. I had two things ongoing while I watched this movie. One was, God, they better be good. Because like, if they're gonna, if they're gonna, oh, go you had expectations of being good. I, I'm like, they're either gonna be like so so shitty, or they have to be like actually the best. Uh-huh. And I wasn't sure which one it was gonna be, and I think they kind of were shitty. But <laughs> um, they uh, then the other one was like, this tape doesn't work. There's just every time I saw the tape, I was like, nope, it's over. The tape is done. Well, and at one point, like, well, well, we'll get to when they start asking for their demands and stuff here in a little bit, because I, I was like, oh, maybe that's how this will end, because they ask for like guitars and stuff. I'm like, oh, they'll just play the music live and that'll be one thing, but they don't. But um, yeah, no, just like I love the fact that Farley is the rookie. Farley is sent out to the nightclubs to go try to find this uh, this girlfriend and the tapes. And I'm like, oh, th- here's here is you know, the C plot of this movie. And it's another comedy on top of it. There are three comedies in this, this the whole movie, you know, together you get your Michael Richards diehard, you get your airheads, and then you get your Chris Farley as the rookie kind of a thing. My next note is just girl in all caps. Uh, and my question is, can you get Stockholm syndrome immediately? Because Blondie is like, I'm going to fuck my captor. She's like, she's already well, the thing is, like, she had already de- already decided that before the hostage situation began. But then she's it's a it's more of a turn on. Actually, you're forgetting that Adam Sandler's the sex god. How is Michael Richardson still alive at this point? Because he's in the air ducts. He has caught himself at fire. He has fallen through shit. He it's just I mean, I, I again, like, I know, like, you can't kill him or whatever, but it's just like <laughs> so <laughs> Michael Richards is indestructible. Yeah. We try, but he can't be killed. <laughs> Ernie Hudson gets in contact with everybody inside, and it starts the negotiation of like, you know, let one person go. And of course, we get our radio sales manager being like, "Yeah, we should draw straws or whatever," and blah blah blah. And then they get rid of the sweetest woman, Yvonne. Yvonne gets to leave the movie, and it's but it's. It's she's so, got to go. She's got to go home and uh, and get put new batteries Simpsons. in her. <laughs> yes. Watch the Simpsons and put new batteries in her game gear. Right. The yeah. eight, the eight double A's have already burned out. But yeah, uh, Milo, uh, Michael McKeon yeah, go, gets real MRA during this scene because they're like, oh, let's let's let Levon go. Let's let Yvonne go. And he's like, oh, hold on. No, 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 no. Men can be like, go too. like, you know, he's the fucking worst is what he is. Uh... I feel like, though. In, in, in a moment that happens in just a, a second here, I feel like in the pairing on our podcast, Brandon would be the one to try to encourage me how to be mean with a gun. I feel like he would be the one to be like, okay, come stand in the hallway and show me your, your war face. Give me your growl. Tell me what's going on. Because I'm literally the director on the podcast. I would 100% be the one who has to talk you through this. I mean, I, I fully expect that Brandon is going to have this exact I'm, I'm conversation with me. <laughs> Chris, I'm literally about to talk to 10 actors about how to be intimidating with guns. <laughs> That's the whole show I'm doing. So, <laughs> Brian, if if you don't do what he does in this movie by starting by being so timid yeah, by by have, by having hot sex with a hot blonde, absolutely. That's the John Hinckley story I remember. <laughs> Nothing went wrong there. That's the prequel to change it. John Hinckley gets laid. He's like, huh, never mind. <laughs> so the principal from Hamlet 2 shows up because Fuck now yeah, he does. Because now it's the it's the usual uh the local cops aren't doing the job. Now we're bringing in the big guns, the SWAT team. 
But it's so funny because it follows the diehard model because he gets connected with Michael Richards and they start like this dialogue about ex-wives. Yeah. Well, okay. So he, he he mentions the Pip does pool cleaning or like they realize like, I'm going to jump around a bit, but they realize Pip does pool cleaning. And that's when he like turns it up to 11. I'm like, wait, was his wife cheating on him with like a pool cleaner? So I went yeah. back through the movie. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a whole scene where he's just is, okay, crazy. Is there? Did I miss it? I yeah, there's a whole scene where he's it. just okay. like complaining to I th- Michael I don't Richards. know. If, yeah, Michael Richards, where he's just like, yeah, my wife, you know, she says that he was cleaning the pool, but it's 7 p.m. and his clothes are bone dry. <laughs> yeah, she could okay. left me for a lawyer or a, a, you know, a senator, but she's for a fucking pool cleaner. It makes more sense why he was so crazy about that. Yeah. <laughs> this movie does not shy away from skid marks, by the way. Yeah, okay, so I could remember that scene for yeah. sure. That's the one I found. I was like, oh, okay, the skid mark scene. Maybe that's why he's upset. But I've never heard it called a fudgy before, and now I never <laughs> want to hear it any other way again. Is that what fudgy, fudgy the whale is? Yeah, I was, about, I was about to make a fudgy the whale joke. I'm like, don't want that anymore. On a more positive note, though, it is a pretty cool jump that Brendan Fraser does when he's walking back into the, the station. Fuck yeah, it is. I mean, the guy is a serpentine rock god in this movie. Like, even though we have not seen him play a guitar or sing or do anything at this point other than just be Brendan Fraser, he he has charisma out the ass in this movie. That's good because now he becomes this radio DJ and they start taking some phone calls back on the station, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they give away all the tickets to all the things. Uh, do they have any interesting phone callers, Brian? Uh, <laughs> why, yes, they do. Two young men, uh, to, uh, high school boys, I believe, uh, call in uh, to... to Troll the Lone Rangers, uh, and these two upstanding young gentlemen, possibly uh, indulgers in the marijuana, <laughs> these gents who I think should have their own TV show. In fact, give them a couple movies. Yeah. Uh, Beavis and Butthead. Oh, my God. He said, like, young gentlemen, I want to do America. As a voice guy, I was really happy about this. I'm like, this is fucking great. It broke my brain a little bit, though, because, yeah. like, I, I'm like, I'm watching this movie, which for all intents and purposes is is a, a realism like there's realism yeah. to the film yeah and then beavis and butthead famous cartoon characters are on the phone and it's not like they they it's not like it's i thought for a second i was like okay it's gonna be like rockers they're gonna reveal that's just a bunch of kids pretending to be them because yeah a pretty similar rock demographic people watch beavis and butthead and people who listen to this radio station i'm assuming True. but but no they, they don't and it, it, it broke it broke me out a little bit it's very confusing You'd be surprised, though, how many people will call into a radio station and do a bad impression or a good impression, even. And you're just going like, if you if you engage, you won't get rid of them. Now you're <laughs> so describing you the podcast. Yeah, you don't get it. You're putting Ashley on blast again. <laughs> Wait, and it was what? good. <laughs> yeah, Ashley, Ashley, what would Christopher Walken have to say about this? No, no. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Wow. Oh, Wait, 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 Ashley, Ashley, I need you, I need you with your walk-in, just say anything about fudgies. That's all I need. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think Marlon Brando, though, Chris, Marlon Brando would have plenty to say about, is about you, fudgies. As much McDonald's as I do, you get the fudgies and you hide the bag. That's Bill Cosby, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I've got a Cosby, but you don't want me to do. That. No one wants no, anyone's no, Cosby. No, there, I said no. it. Okay. Uh, now, 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 if my back pain didn't already show my age, I'm going to reveal it now. Uh, on Home Star Runner. <laughs> 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 
One of my favorite things they did is when they had the animated by the cheat shorts, they had the other brother do the voices and they were like all very bad impressions of all the voices. <laughs> and listening to Ashley do Christopher Walken, it's like, oh, it's it's like an animated cartoon of Christopher Walken done by the cheat. And Ashley's like, <laughs> doing I am the cheat. Voice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna come by like, that's pretty good to cheat. I don't know why Christopher Walken is hanging out with Marlon Brando, but you know. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I don't know strong bad. I thought that was a pretty good. I thought that was a pretty good short. Cheese there, guys. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, you guys did a very good job there. Great yeah. job there. Uh, Welcome yeah. back to Homestar Runner Cast. Love hey, it. I would I would pivot the podcast in a second. Can we just if read I, all the strong I, bad emails? If I, <laughs> if I thought the three of you would agree to change this to a Homestar Runner podcast, we would never talk oh, about a movie no. again. I mean, I'm not always, I'm not opposed to it. It could be a mini-sode kind of thing. Hey, what, if we get, if we get any more, if we get, if we have any patrons at all. Oh, we do? Cool, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> if we have um, one. Yeah. <laughs> did anyone else notice, so they, they show they're on the news and they watch a news report about themselves. Um, did anyone else track that there was an awful lot of editorializing in this news story? <laughs> yeah. This is going to be exaggerated because it's me and hyperbole is funny, but it's like uh, three dipshits have uh, holding hostages at the radio station. These absolute fucking losers who have shit running down their legs uh, can't write a song for crap. So they decided to try to force their way into fame. Maybe they get shot dead by the police. And we can all dance <laughs> on their graves. And then she like clicks. Her, like it's It's insane. She is so like like shitting on them so hard listen she just found out that that news station is pivoting from uh from <laughs> news to, to to also kenny g yeah soft rock by the way when they when when michael mckeon like reveals this everyone's distraught especially Susie, who laments all those blowjobs for nothing <laughs> oh, because it's, she finds out that a lot of the people are going to be fired as well yeah i mean this this happened to me at a station I worked at in college. It, literally, I went from a top 40 Christian radio station one day. The next day I came in and I got my walking papers and it was turned over to world music. Like, you just, you never know. You literally like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing now. Oh, great. There's my severance. You know, you just go with it. It's fun. There's there's actually a station in Canada dealing with this right now. They just got bought out by uh, Time Warner and they have like another two and a half weeks or something on their contract. So instead of actually doing the job and DJing and everything. They're just playing Rage Against the Machines. Yes. Yes. Seven loop. It's fucking awesome. Good for them. I feel like there was something where somebody called in to complain and they were like, it's like, we're complaining about it. Like you keep playing the songs. Like we hear you. We understand. And then they played the same song. Um, So good. Um, Yeah. Salt and pepper diner story. Yes. Yes. Farley goes to the sunset strip. That's that's what I just put down. I was like, yeah, that. because they're because they're looking for uh, Kathy because she has the other. He's trying to find one person in the, the entire city of yeah. L.A. He's looking right? for a, a, in a, a black <laughs> dress. Oh, on yeah. A Friday a, night at the at the strip. And he's only seen her ass. Yes. Yeah. He's only seen her. He's only seen like for her face from like the front and her entire backside. (laughs) Can I tell you that that moment actually almost threw me a little bit. Like when he takes out the Polaroid of her, like over his car with the bikini on. And I'm like, God, people used to fucking do. Oh, right. We send nude pictures to each other all the time. All like, the time, constantly. The time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, send a, we, I said fifteen right now. Like, I, I my this, my phone this. is yeah. constantly exploding with all of the nudes that I <laughs> I am getting. 
the crazy thing in this movie is that Kathy remembers where she threw the tape out. That is insane. That is insane to me. <laughs> because the car was in motion. The fact that that tape is even remotely near where she threw it. at that well, Yeah, because that's the other thing. It's not even just she threw it someplace. They remember where she threw it. The yeah. thing got like kicked around. Kicked around. A on. car was bouncing on it. Like Yeah, like. <laughs> but now the demands. Uh, because it's a hostage situation, you got to have demands. I love this exchange where Steve Buscemi's like, uh, 67 Ooh, copies of Moby there. Dick. Oh, the, the book of the movie. They made a book out of that? They made a book out of that, yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I wrote down the list of the demands that we hear. Okay. One, airplay underlined twice. Two, football helmet filled with cottage cheese. Three, <laughs> a Zahn walnut base with a graphite neck. Four, a PRS guitar with a dragon inlay. And then we jump to later. Uh, 13, naked pictures of B. Arthur. On it. And then based on what we see later of coming in, a giant baby bottle. <laughs> and Ernie Hudson, of course, is like, yeah, these are ridiculous. Like, where am I going to get naked pictures of B. Arthur? It's not like she has an OnlyFans. It's 1994. Like, but he comes through. He comes through. He makes it happen because Ernie Hudson is a fucking god. They even get one thing. Brendan Fraser didn't want on the list, which is a record contract. He's like, you can't ask for a record contract from the cops. It's got to come unsolicited. I love this, though. I love this detail. The fact that he's like, no, no, it has to be earned. It has to come because we have earned it and whatever. And like, we've made it for ourselves, not because we're like breaking the law. And this is a thing that they think will get us to stop. Like, But I also like that it's him misunderstanding the like unsolicited conversation from earlier at the record station. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, I we can't take it. We can't ask for it. So his brain, his brain has been like, okay, unsolicited. So he like filed that away thinking it's like, okay, he's not, he's not quite mastered the use of the term. Also. Yeah. So during this, uh, this is also when passions finally flare up with sex God, Adam Sandler. Susie finally cuts loose and is demonstrably horny, something she has not been around Adam Sandler up to this point. Again, I think it is time for one of my favorite features on the podcast where I point out these are the kind of signals that I need. This is my my note is this exact kind of forwardness and lack of subtlety I need. (laughs) This was very informative for me because she goes, what you thinking about? Like hoping that it's her. He goes, swimming pools. I'm like, "Okay, I get it. Ashley, 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 if I can, if you notice how the rest of the scene played out, just follow her example. Seriously, just attack. If he's not thinking about you, there are several things you can do to try to change that situation. See, here's it. The thing is, like, when I get asked that question, my brain always short circuits. It's like, what you thinking about? And it's like that question you just asked me. There's a my brain's like ADHD. I was gonna throw this out there. If anyone's bored, if any fans are bored. I do kind of want to see a supercut of all the different scenes in movies that I saw the kind of signals I need. Just like, <laughs> just like a, a three minute supercut of just the most obviously horny women just jumping, women on, jumping men. on men. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and at the end, me going like, these are the kind of signals I need. I completely forgot though, when they start fucking that Michael Richards is behind the couch, kind of watching. <laughs> <laughs> also, I forgot about inflation. Cause he's like, that's a $1,400 couch. I was like, that's not a very expensive couch. <laughs> Like that's a low end one at Value City. Like that. I love that when they when they get caught though, and and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna quit and everything." His reaction is, "Oh no, don't lose your job." No, oh, for it me, was, it was it was my it was my thing. I, that's my stain. It's fine. Like, like 
<laughs> I love that he like like falls on the grossest grenade. <laughs> <laughs> is this when they tie up Michael McKean and put him in the closet? Yes, and this is also during when he is he's kind like while he's tied up, he's trying to make sales calls. Yeah, he's trying to sell ad time during the hostage crisis. Like like this is primo ad space. Sales guys gonna sail, man. That's what they do. Did you all notice one of his things he said to try to stop them from putting him in the closet? No. He said, my aunt was buried alive. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I know how they, I know how somebody feels, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this moment that it's so funny to me because it's so true being like when you're interviewing somebody on air and you throw something at them that you think is going to be like, this is your moment. This is your platform. And it's like, nobody has a speech in their back pocket. What who the fuck do you think I am? Am I Chris, like- in a time of crisis <laughs> such as this? It makes me think of where I stand on oration and presenting your case to the world. And I say, not today, good sir. I will not have you impugn the good honor of people such as myself who are always ready to make a boisterous <laughs> speech at a moment's notice. It's true. You're very good at it. I will say it is it is, it is a, a good skill that I, I've had in my back pocket because I am the worst at, in improv, there's a thing where you pimp someone, where you like set them up to do something. And sometimes it could be a bad thing where you like make this impossible task for them to do. Where I'm like, Ashley, how did you say you were going to kill him using only dental floss and a capuchin monkey? Like, that's awful. But every once in a while, I will just set up something awful for myself to do. I'm like, I'm like, let me list off the following things. Like, oh, no. The worst was probably when I, I was a, a troll under a bridge. And I was like, answer me these riddles three. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I have to come up with three riddles now. I, I just did that in a scene like last week. Yeah, is it the I worst? Play, I played a sphinx. So I was like, okay. Answer these three riddles. I was like, I got one. If he plays along, I'm screwed. <laughs> and luckily, he negated, so we were fine. He, he was like, we're not doing imp- we're not doing improv, kid. This is a work meeting. Uh, <laughs> it's like improv sadism. Why would you do that? To because it's funny in the moment, and also because it's way- hilarious. Because you think I can do this, and then you forget really quickly. I can't do this. I <laughs> can't pull three riddles. Yeah. Also, like I, I, I for memory serves, I, I got through the riddles of the, of the troll under the bridge and it was like it was the audience was like okay like i <laughs> i prefer the laughter and like when i make them laugh but every once in a while you post something like oh they're like oh wow he actually wow. did that wow okay all right fine <laughs> moving on but uh uh chaz here does say something that personally like cuts cuts to the to my core which is so i figure i'm screwed up and average enough that i could write a song that will live on forever and then after that it don't matter and i'm like ouch he was like something about like death is stalking me and i wrote get out of my brain frazier (laughs) are we ready to talk about how this movie is also connected to ghostbusters um if i I forgot uh, about this cameo um, if i may uh, bring back uh one of the oldest bits on the podcast Fuck me, it's Egon Spangler. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I my thought when he showed up first after was like, that looks like Harold Ramis. And I checked like Harold fucking Ramis. And I was like, oh, now I know why Chris picked this movie. <laughs> I forgot that he was in. Honest to God, I forgot he was in it. But we like, have three uh, out of four Ghostbusters this month. 
We do. I love this interaction because they don't really like hint that they're going to try to trick the guys into coming out for like the record contract. So you're sitting there thinking Ramis might actually be a record exec in this movie. And they 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 riddle they do their riddles three and ask him who was better, Halen or Roth. And he says, Halen. And even the DJ's like, he's a fucking cop. Like the first thing he's like, no, nope, <laughs> are you a cop? Nope. Are you a cop? a cop? You got to tell me if you're a cop, if I ask you. Uh, yeah, no, I, I fucking love that bit. I, I think it's it, that that one has that. It, that is a line that has like lived in my brain since I saw this as a kid, because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Halen, you're a cop. OK, but then, yeah, oh. Chaz goes out incensed by this attempted uh, infiltration by the cops, goes out and makes his stand against the police chanting Rodney King. <laughs> Attica. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we are not the podcast to break down when is the appropriate time in a fictional narrative to invoke Rodney King. But I think it's pretty uh-huh. safe to say that this is not it. I gun to my head like this movie. I will never remember that a plot point of this movie is they're trying to bring him down by revealing that Brendan Fraser was a nerd in high school. But this is but, so good because then we get the like we get the I am nerdicus moment, which is also like a string a string of cameos. Fucking Lemmy's in this movie, guys. Yep, and Rob Zombie. Uh, actually, I'll I'll let you go on around by this, but uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> he's nerdicus. He gets the girlfriend in. You gotta respect the woman, you dumbass. Yeah, what you, the fuck? He's so awful. It's in your hand, and it's played, and everything else. Like, just let the rest of the night happen, right? He's like, "Hey, babe, you're here. You got the tape I need. Now, fuck you, you dog shit." Like, what? I, I'm also. I was also annoyed because they bring back most of a conversation that they have at the beginning, but they leave out what would be the natural punchline. Because the earlier on, they had the exchange about this song where it's like, you know, that song's about you. It's like, you wrote that song before I met. It's like, you wrote that song before you met me. So, and they have the reverse exchange here where he's, she's like, you know, come on, you wrote that song for me. I wrote that song before I met you. And then they move along. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The, the end of that scene has to be her going, so? Like, you need that. That's how you complete the joke. Ah! The joke comes later, even in that scene when when he, like, gets her back and he's like come on baby don't you want everybody to hear your song like he takes it back from what he said like the initial setup is funny like but doing it again like you can really want to do that in a more dramatic beat because that should be because him admitting he didn't write it for her should be like a line that that when that happened i was like oh this should be a line that's crossed this is like really fucking sad like the I, movie's not letting me feel that but i'm like i'm sorry the text of what's happening here is like upsettingly tragic it's a line that is like crossed that can't be uncrossed. This is the end of a relationship, is what it's, it should be. I agree. It is. It's weird that you do think it's tragic because I almost thought it was beautiful for Brendan Fraser. I was like, oh, he's finally discovering him. He's like, doesn't need her anymore. This song was like for him, it's not for her. But he is like a complete asshole to her, like wall to wall. So <laughs> if only she was an asshole, it'd be great. But it's just they're both assholes. I'm like, yeah, everyone's like, yeah, it's like everyone's it's, shitty. <laughs> it is tragic because, like, well, these two should have together so they don't end up with anyone else. Ashley, you had something. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just, again, I was just like, all oh, the red flags. There's just so many. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah, but, but like, here's the thing. They, 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 like, open up a banner and just more red flags, like, fall from the sky. They and, like, just got back together. They don't even have a scene of them being in, like, relationship bliss. It is, like, immediately cut from them running together into the station, and then it's like, all right, now let's have a fight. 
And I was like, but, what's going on? I was like, oh, it's act three. Okay, okay. But okay. everyone, he picks her up and carries her through the broken glass, like with the other chunks of glass above her head. And they have this impassioned, sexy kiss. And then the board explodes. So we don't even get to hear the song yet. Which to this moment, I mean, I know they've held these people hostage, but they've done actu- no actual damage. She's no. now done actual damage. So yeah. like like everything else they can kind of brush under like the rug. Not this, she broke shit. The end of this movie, you just see her in a supermax prison and everything yeah. not after three months. <laughs> She's a white woman. The cops refuse to arrest her. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I do have a note here that says, Is that love or what? I'd fall for it probably. <laughs> <laughs> What did I think was love? Is that love or what? She throws the chair. He doesn't flinch. Everything breaks. But then, like, does he say something or, like, do something? I think he's explained that he's like, I did this whole thing to get our song on the radio to get a record deal for you. you. It's for you. And then he picks her up through the broken glass. That's the, okay, that's where that comes from. Risks her. If he drops her, she falls into that, splices her back open. She can't walk anymore. And now she needs him. Okay, so like, yeah, that's just traditional relationship goals. Okay. I'm just saying, yeah, Ashley, uh, we say this in safe space as your dear friends. Maybe something working on you is not a good metric for whether or not it's a, a (laughs) <laughs> a nice heartfelt romantic gesture. Truth. Truth. Heart truth. You know, although what I will really- say, Ashley also had to bounce out. Nice tits. Thank you. Capital knockers. <laughs> um, I love the cut to Farley filling. How are your balls? Ball. I forgot to ask. I have uh, to do the reciprocation. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for um, checking. Good check. <laughs> having a good ball day. Having a good ball day. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, my AC's not running as hard as it probably should be. They're mm. a little hot today, but it'll okay. be fine. You know. It's fine. Cook, cook. I mean, you, you don't want the tadpoles anyway, so cook cook away. <laughs> what the fuck has our podcast become (laughs) michael mckeon performs fellatio on a doorknob (laughs) that scene is crazy right i know it's i almost had a post-covid world Uh, i almost had a panic attack because you can hear his teeth hit yeah oh my gosh i'm sorry i just like brian's answer as as as, 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 i like answer my question what does our podcast become? Michael McKeon performing Felicia on the donut. Okay, sure. He's the tether back to the podcast. <laughs> back to the movie. Sometimes you, you got to transition sometimes. You just got to. <laughs> Can't let us yeah. go into space forever. <laughs> Keen, were you saying something about your reaction to this scene? Oh, he's just like, he starts tonguing the door handle. I'm like, what are you doing? In what world do you think that's the best way to open a doorknob? I cannot. In my brain, I was like, I'm looking around my door, like my apartment, like, uh-huh. how would I open these? I would not use my tongue in any <laughs> circumstance. I would not tongue the door handle of a of a radio building. Those freaks don't in, wash their hands. In 1994. In 1994, like, yeah, nobody no, washing their. We didn't hands have we didn't have pandemics gosh. back then. It was fine. Yeah, this was a pre-pandemic world. This is a Clinton world. Outbreak. <laughs> I built outbreak had not been released yet. Probably. This reminds stockpiling all that stuff. <laughs> this reminded me there used to be this exhibit um at the museum uh that I would like walk by every day and it was a video of a dog drinking milk and so like literally <laughs> you you could just you would just like be in the hallway and you just hear like oh oh stop and it was stop, just stop, so stop. gross <laughs> and that's what this <laughs> moment reminded me of because you can hear just like like you said like all of the slurping noises and like hearing his like teeth hit the doorknob it's just like oh this like sound effect this should have won an oscar for like grossest sound effect 
Uh, also, I do like the idea of the director sitting there. It's like, all right, open it with your mouth. And then just like roll the cameras. Like, let's see. How I like <laughs> let's say, let's see one take McKee and get this one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then uh, Rex and Brendan Fraser, I believe are hang are out like by the front doors. And my note here, cause you know, they, they've got just. They're bringing in all the stuff. That's They're bringing in all the. Yes. The, yeah. The, yeah. So my note because I was thinking about like, oh, yeah, like at some point, you know, you have to have that reveal that the guns are fake. I was like waiting for the reveal that all caps <laughs> literally as I was typing this, they hit Rex's gun and revealed there aren't any bullets. But the the SWAT team somehow got a gun, an actual gun to Michael Richards, and he's holding it like through the air duct and he almost kills everyone. The scene where they hand him the gun instead of getting him out is great. <laughs> it's just like you could have saved him and they chose not to save him. They chose to give him a gun and then it goes off and like then then oops. Oh, they are convinced. Oh, they are in fact real guns. Like, Wait, it's wow. it's as if this response team somehow only made things worse. It's so funny because I'm like right after the, you're waiting for the reveal, the reveal happens. And then my next one is, well, that's a freebie. The second <laughs> after it's revealed, they do not have real guns. They are given a real gun. Yeah. Well, and uh, in the meantime, like uh, David Arquette and uh, Reggie Cathy run out, and like oof, that Reggie Cathy runs out and immediately gets arrested. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, that is like mm, that's good satire. But it is funny <laughs> when Arquette tries to come back in. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, no, they're like, fuck you. He's like, I've been thinking. I just, I, I get excited. And it's, it's like, honestly, it's Chris in a hot situation. It is. Yep. It is. Chris, you would see Reg Cathy running mm. out and you'd go after him and then you'd be like, oh, wait, no, but all my friends are inside. <laughs> I know I should never run. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You amble out. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, Doug drops the gun and it goes off and all everyone's like, oh, they have real guns. And then start just, and then I started blasting. Hey, it's not just, he didn't drop it. He gets hit with a giant baby bottle by the DJ. That's right. Ian is like kind of on their side now. He sees the passion that these guys have and they're fun and they're outlandish. And it's, they are the definition of what rock and roll is. Also based on his uh, clinical depression we saw earlier. And then the fact that he's losing his job that he hates. He's like, well, I have nothing to live for. And I hated everything anyways. Yeah, I can either remain. Yeah. I can either remain a yacht rock DJ or maybe become the manager of the worst band I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Either way, the pay is equivalent. It is a lateral move. <laughs> so you got people who inspire no soul, no will to live. This fucking soul patch guy comes back. Oh man, Jeff Nelson's back. By the way, like impressed by the B Arthur nudes, and I'm like, yeah, you should be. That's a that's a big get. Good for you, you know. But like the fact that he pulls in the the radio, uh, the radio manager as well, the sales manager, and those two evils come together to make one other evil. Like it's it is kind of fun to see that happen. I, I think it's an interesting take that like I'm a hostage, but also I I want my ten percent, and you guys are clearly going to make a billion dollars off of this stunt. Like this whole this whole thing, I'm watching it where the like the record deal comes together and all this. It's like this is absurd, but you know what? I just fucking love it because. Because we have our chipmunk leads are all great. They're all phenomenal. And it's just a, a great top to bottom cast. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just digging this weird third act. We're like, I don't know. Let's just have whatever we want to have happen happen. Yeah, they're, and they're like, Brandon Fraser's like, I want to play the song. I want people to hear our music when we sign this contract. And Jimmy Wing, uh, Judd Nelson, is like, didn't you know? I'm a little stinker. Because <laughs> then he gets on the radio and basically is just like, Ooh, I'm a hostage. Don't hurt me, Mr. Hostage Taker. 
Well, so uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's in the room of, with me. <laughs> a couple of interesting things like happen here too, like the fact that he seduces Brendan Fraser, and he's like, "By the way, uh, if you sign up with us, our lawyers will not let you go to prison." I mean, Vince Neal killed a guy with vehicular manslaughter, and only did, he did thirty. 30 days. By the way, he actually did. That is a true story. That Matthew is- Broderick didn't do shit. Yeah, Brandon, I was literally about to bring up Broderick. We uh, love to talk about Broderick and the Twilight Zone movie so often. <laughs> we we oh, never stop. Speaking to, of I, which, we're out of the that Twilight Zone movie. Landis. Yeah, oh speaking god, the, the Twilight Zone movie. They try to get Landis to be the one that is the uh, the director of this video. Of oh, the video, yeah, they name drop Landis <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> which they get, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you say Landis, so I can only think of beheading whatever. They, they get on the world. rooftop, the helicopters are bringing in the in the stuff, and they're like, "Oh shit, Landis." Here's the thing, though. You say that, but you get some them too close. Right after they mention Landis, they fly in the death clock murder yes. stage with the helicopters. Dude, like, here yeah. comes the soul collecting train of murder coming. When, when am I getting a thousand death clock movies? I know we had one. I need more. Anybody else here uh, a fan of the band Kill Switch Engage like I am? Never heard of it. Okay, that's that's fine. So there's a, there's a guitarist in Killswitch Engage, and he dresses like Adam Sandler. He dresses like Pip at every show. He wears the cape with the mask, and like he comes out as like a Zorro thing. He'll rip it all off, but keep the cape on, and it just it just makes me laugh. That I like how in your mind he's dressing as Pip and not as the Lone Ranger, <laughs> who is who they dress. <laughs> but also, I do have I do. There's a factual error. We might need to update IMDb with the goofs. <laughs> Because uh, Pip claims that he says, I won't fart on a snare drum. And based on everything I know about Pip, he would 100% fart on a snare drum. 100% fart on a snare drum. He'd be down for that. That's going to be on the first album is farting on a snare drum. That's track three. I, I do love when they get on the stage that if you watch it with subtitles or if you're listening really closely, you do get to hear Pip say, this is a soggy dream come true. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then there's no power on the stage because they're going to shoot a music video. And I'm like, yeah, I get what you're saying. But like at this point, these guys need to play like you have to have them play. And the fact that they're re- like. They resist and they're like, well, we're not going to sing. And then everybody loses their fucking minds. Like, no, no bad things happen to these guys in this movie, by the way. It's a weird call because they like they, they basically knew like, OK, we want to do this big concert. And like, well, it only makes sense if the record guy sets it up. But they, we don't want him to end up with the record guy. So mm-hmm. it's this weird forced conflict that the record executive are like, it doesn't matter what it sounds like. The video is going to be the biggest video ever. This hostage situation concert. I also think the tagline of this movie should just be three idiots have the best day of their life. Because, like, the way they smash everything on the stage and are going nuts, and it's just like, yeah, that's what it's all about. And then when we finally hear the song Degenerated at the end of this movie, like, it's disappointing. It is really disappointing <laughs> to me. I'm like, it, I'm not saying it has to be perfect. I'm not saying it's got to be a banger, but can it be better than this? Just a little bit. I do kind of wish that it was the kind of movie is like waiting for Godot, right? Like you never actually hear them play the song. But Chris, I gotta, I gotta ask you what's Johnny doing out on a Tuesday night. Johnny can't read. Johnny Johnny can't write. Kids just don't understand. Johnny don't care about the world. As long as he can do his girl and prove that he's a man, he got wasted eating lewds. He's teenage. And best of all, getting high proving he's cool johnny hates to think he's ignorant he's a mindless brainwashed bitch ring a bell he starts to drool 
Is this the song that he wrote for his girlfriend? Uh, he didn't write it for her. He established that earlier. I don't know. So, <laughs> but the end of this scene, there's a different dark comedy ending that could have happened when they jump off the roof. Oh, they where just becomes the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> could you? Oh, that was such a great ending if they just ended up killing themselves on. There is some disturbing imagery in the real ending because they we cut. They're they're playing in prison. They're, people are going wild. It's a Johnny Cash in prison kind of deal. Rex, uh, and, and Ian is now their manager, and they show Ian backstage. And I assume that like Ian was a rocker, but he's just like old and jaded. Yeah. But we see him dancing, and if memory serves, he is like, yeah, he's doing some finger. Like, he has like finger points, just kind of like bobbing in the air. I'm like, what the fuck is this dancing? Well, it, I like completely reframed the entire film. Like you can't end on this. The image is going yeah. to haunt me for generations. Uh, <laughs> is it thumbs like, up? Is it thumbs up? Yeah, it's thumbs up, but it's like up. It's like on his shoulders. Like his yeah, he's, shoulders are pointed above his shoulders. It's like he wants to do the like surfer like eye thing, but he's using his thumbs yeah. to pass by his eye. It's very upsetting to watch, is what it is. And then like Steve Buscemi humping his bass in front of the dudes. I'm glad <laughs> he called that was weird, right? I, yeah. I like, he started. I was like, "This is a weird call," and then I'm like, "Oh, good, the movie's gonna call him." And Adam Sandler's like, "Dude, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, oh. my bad." <laughs> they also they gave the prisoners too many loose items, right? Like in a real prison yeah. scenario, they wouldn't have just chairs, like loose chairs, because those all become weapons. Like the minute the band turns bad, which the band's gonna be bad. Like, <laughs> oh god, I just like like the idea of this song just drives people into sociopathic. <laughs> they all go crazy. Each other. <laughs> it's like the end of that movie, Perfume, but instead of an. Old- <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it's, it's the fucking scene from uh, Kingsman. <laughs> <laughs> they play free bird yeah. <laughs> i i also i love a movie that ends with with a, a a sign that just tells us everything we need to know the lone ranger served three months for kidnapping theft and assault with hot pepper sauce their album live in prison if that's the name of the album went triple platinum and that's the only album they ever produced by the way yeah. <laughs> it's a real Oneida situation. Oh my god. Oh my god. I love this movie. Uh, yeah, do we it's a, it's a treasure. talk about the Brendan Fraser using the hot the uh, gun on his burrito. Yeah, oh my we didn't, but I that made a note of that. Yes, I, that that is so that is such a perfect like uh, he he's eating a burrito like a microwave burrito. He takes a bite, he looks down, and he, he grabs the gun, grabs the gun, full of hot sauce, adds a little, adds a little flavor to that bad boy. Oh, Dante, I do like that. I do like that we get. I mean, at least the Chekhov's hot sauce goes off, and they do also hot sauce Michael McKean's eyes. Yes, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was real nervous we were just going to get the reveal and it's not actually going to get used that way. Because like, yeah, it's still uh, a dangerous thing. Because I think they even say something to that effect when they first talk about the the pepper sauce and the gun. Is they're like, you know, careful, you get that yeah. in someone's eyes. Like they, I feel like they reference getting it in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, well, then because they say it has capsaicin in it, which is the main ingredient in pepper spray. But yes, this is a treasure. Fucking treasure, man. Uh, yeah, I gotta go treasure. Uh, I'm interested to see what Ashley thinks. In oh, no. the binary system. Oh no! Oh, wow, no. binary system. Don't do it. 
It's not my cup of tea. Actually, just have have the have the tenacity to just say, just say. Trash. Yeah, I I I did it for the water boy. Like that's fine. I I get it. It breaks my heart a little, but I get it. Yeah, I I Keen, would you call this a treasure or trash for you? This is an absolute treasure. I don't know what is going on with Ashley. This is yeah, it's a boy film. Get out of here, this Films for the boys. You wouldn't get it because you're a girl and the girls were treated poorly in this film. But for the boys, <laughs> this was good. Why would I dislike it? I don't know. Yeah. Nothing but respectful portrayals of women in this movie. All these entitled white men who just think that they just deserve what they want all the hey, time. Hey, but they also get what they want in the end. You forgot about that part. Yeah, they went to jail for three months. And they invoke Rodney King for their own benefit. It's all great. <laughs> If you had a good time watching it, that's all that matters. You but know? Chris, you always have a good time. That's your problem. No, and well, I, well, I mean, hey, that's not a problem. That sounds like a no, thing. no. What is a problem? I'm always vibing. What do you want? Okay. The problem is there are other people who had a good time watching this movie, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, they talk about it on Amazon, don't they, Chris? Right. Yeah. There's there's a chance he would have forgotten about this part. I'm never gonna forget about this. <laughs> <laughs> I hate uh... to break it. This, um, if I ever become anything in this world and I ever get noticed for anything, I pray to God that it's this moment here because this week is bonkers. Okay, Chris, just I know. I just know. give me a minute. I'm just remembering the Disney Girl. <laughs> okay, single rider. I, I have, I have, no, I have enough hope built up now. You can, you can. I'm protected a little. That's bit. dangerous. That's worse. You're, That's you're going to fall so hard. Well, no, it's 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 insulating me. Like that way, that way has something to destroy. That's not me. It destroys the hope of that story and oh, okay. destroys okay. the heart of. It's Brandon. a review, and it's like I married a Disney girl, and then I and then I divorced her. And you won't believe what happened next. Double rider. <laughs> Doctors don't want you to hear what happened next. <laughs> now, this week we were introduced to someone who goes by the name Paul. Paul, Paul, who is the most popular <laughs> now? Paul. We're all like fucking knocking each other over to be able to say, like, "No, fuck you." Paul. You have no good Amazon reviews, Paul. Paul says the title of the review is I Still Love Radio. Okay. And Paul says, I purchased this film because of my love for radio, DJs, and the influence that it has had on my life and countless others. If you're a radio fan, get this movie. Five stars. Teacher's pet. Yes. (laughs) Here's. Here's the problem, though. Too short. Too short. (laughs) There is only one other review by Paul. Okay, so hold on. A good steering wheel doesn't whip (laughs) off while I'm driving. I just want to make sure that I have a full image that Paul has reviewed two things in his entire history on Amazon. One of which is the film Airheads and the other one we're about to hear. Correct. Okay. The second review is for another movie. Is it Pirate Radio? No, but it is a radio movie. Is it radio? A little Clint Eastwood classic called Play Misty for Me. Do you know the story of Play Misty for Me? Not I'm even a little. Real fast. So there's a uh, Clint Eastwood plays a radio DJ and a sexy voiced lady calls in every night requesting uh, Misty, the song Misty, the jazz classic. He plays it for her. They get together. They have a, a brief but torrid affair. And then she goes absolutely batshit crazy, locks him into the radio station and attempts to murder him over the broadcast. It's fatal attraction where, where Jessica Walter is Glenn Close. Yes. Okay, I'm here's, here for it. Here's the review for Play Misty for me. 
The title of the review is also I Still Love Radio. The review is I purchased this film because of my love for radio <laughs> and the influence that it has had on my life and countless others. If you are a radio fan, get this video. Yes, you did it, you son of a bitch. You got another good one. You did it, you crazy bastard. It takes months and months of terror, but we every once in a while we get one like this. You're gold, baby. You're if, honestly, gold. If, if the only thing that disappoints me is that it wasn't for every single film that involved radio. Honestly, I think this is better. I think this is better that it's the it's two just it's two movies about like tangentially dark, about radio. It's two movies about dark <laughs> shit happening at, at crimes at a radio station. Okay. I'm going to leave that exact if you just changed like I still like committing crimes <laughs> if you like committing crimes this film's for you <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Oh, uh, well, hey, this is great, though. This is an exciting month for us because we are going to round out Santembler by thanking all of our patron subscribers because they have picked our fifth movie for the month. Oh, I'm nervous. And let's do the movie game. Screw that. I'm not doing the harp list this week because we are just going straight into the movie game. This is live because we are hot off the tiebreaker Patreon poll because there were four options initially and then there were two options that were tied. So I made a second poll to break the tie. Yeah. You're lucky I didn't just flip a coin because <laughs> he thought about it. Brian loves flipping coins. I, uh, if you have uh, coins, hold on to it. I, I wanted to make this. A, I wanted to make sure that the patrons actually picked a movie, that the pick we went with was, and this was, was out of six votes, it was five out of six. So this movie is from the year 1999. It is rated PG-13. It runs one hour and 33 minutes, and its genres are comedy, drama. Lil Nicky? Nope. That was my thought also. Yeah, 99. Okay, 99. Mm. It's not Billy Madison. No, nope. that's way earlier. No, that's Madison way. was 94. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, 99. It's not Rain Over Me. Nope. No, because that oh, is. Oh, 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 um, 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 Big Daddy? Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, we have to look at the spit. We have to look at the spit. Well, if you're not tired of listening to us, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. Brian, where can you find us? We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Trash Watch Podcast. We are on Twitter at Trash Watch Cast. We have a YouTube channel. Link is in the episode description. In fact, link to all this stuff is in the episode description. And we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash trashwatch. And if you had joined our Patreon before this week, you could have voted on this episode and made us watch You Don't Mess with the Zohan. But you didn't, you stupid fucks. That's how you <laughs> neg the listeners, right? Yep. You, you yeah, that, it, Brian. You did it. <laughs> We'll see y'all next. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> if you want to, do, if you do want to reach out to us, you can do that through our Gmail as well. It's trashwatchpodcast at gmail.com. And I want to say a, a huge thank you for boosting a lot of our egos this week to one of our patrons, Carl. Carl, thanks for sending us that beautiful email. Honestly, dude, it, it made my week so much better. Thank you for that. And of course, we are glad and happy that we made your Thursday a little shinier and a little more sticky too. What, Chris? <laughs> 
You're, you're doing so good. Thursday. You're doing so, you're doing I, so I'm good. I'm not the one who pulls speeches out of their ass. This is what you get. I get it. I get it. You were doing a really good job, though. I was really proud of you. I was like, I was like, Chris is really doing. Oh, Sticky Thursday. Never mind. Uh, it's a Sticky Thursday. Kian, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank guest. you for yes. having me. Yes, thank you. Kian, is there anything you wanted to say about this movie that you didn't get a chance to say? Oh, about this movie specifically? No, yeah. it was great. Uh, I sh- I share a birthday with Steve Buscemi, so uh, I love seeing him on the big screen. Anytime he can get some acting work, I like to. You like to lean over him. and go, "That's Chappie." <laughs> whoever you're seeing. <laughs> <next to. laughs> uh, do you have any shows or anything you want to plug or promote? This will be coming um, out this coming Thursday, right? Yeah. Yes. This coming Thursday, uh, every if you're in the Columbus area, every second Friday, Donut Sunday does a show in Franklinton. If you're in the Columbus area, every first Wednesday. Wednesday, hashtag comedy does a show in Grandview. You can find those at the social medias. Uh, Donut Sunday, I don't know. You can look that up. There's like eight <laughs> different Twitters for them. <laughs> Donut Sunday, hashtag comedy. You probably know by now. If not, yeah. if you hate Ashley and I because we're also involved with hashtag comedy. When is the next um, TBD musical? Uh, next TBD. Oh, yeah. If you listen to this when it comes out, it'll be uh, this upcoming Wednesday. It's the last Wednesday yeah. of every month. Uh, I will at least be in it. I don't know if Ashley's going to be in this month. I'll be, I'm in this month. All right. Ashley and I are going to be in this month. So come on, check it out. And uh, enjoy some coal-fired pizza at Natalie's in Grandview. That's where you guys are doing the show, right? Yep. Natalie's awesome. in Grandview. Pizza's so fucking good. All right. Well, uh, yep. So until... Fuck. Sorry. I was on a roll. And then I stopped. All right. It's, a, it's okay, buddy. It's a sticky Sunday. It's a sticky Sunday. All right. Until next week when we all find out what our scoop of Steve means to you, I've been Chris. I'm Brian. I'm Brandon. And I'm Ashley. Thanks, Kian. Thank you. Thank you, Kian. Yeah. Bye. Where is the stop record button? Where is the stop record button?